Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Thank you for launching on the latest edition of Gun and One, the podcast. It is powered by Patterson Square Garden. I'm Derek Gunn. Well, the Philadelphia Eagles has the region buzzing, and rightfully so after the performance they put on in the season opener against the Atlanta Falcons. But I will say pump the brakes for just a minute. It's a great season opening win, but there's still many more games to be played. But to put this game in its proper perspective, I had to bring in a guy I've known for a long time. He is a good friend of mine, former Eagle, and current. he's one of the co-hosts of the Eagles radio broadcast that you hear throughout the region and the country. Former Eagle Mike Quick. Mike Quick, how you doing, baby? D-Gun, I am doing fantastic. Yes, you're right. The region is buzzing. <laughs> the Eagles got their first win under this new regime, and uh, for good reason, everybody's pumped. You know... Going into this season opener, everybody said, you know, this this is not going to be good because we saw no regulars in the preseason. We saw the starting quarterback play roughly 10 snaps in the preseason. There can't be any continuity coming out of the gate. And lo and behold, they played a near-perfect game on offense throughout the game, and the defense took a while to slow Atlanta down. When you look back at the overall play and performance of this team, what shocked you the most about the way they played? D, I think you just touched on it. Like the fact that the preseason was nothing like anything that I'm used to. And I, like most, was a bit critical of the preseason. Man, these guys went on the practice field and they didn't stay longer than an hour and a half. And I'm, thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, what the heck is going on? <laughs> so a lot of this conventional thinking in terms of the way you approach the season – um, 
I think a lot of that is in the rear view now. And you look at these new wave coaches and their new way of thinking. They they purposely try to get to the regular season with everybody healthy. And so they kind of geared their practices around that. There was no tackling in practice in the preseason. I went to nearly every practice and I never saw anyone get tackled. I've never, <laughs> I've never seen anything like it in my life. In the, the first preseason game, I remember uh, commenting, commenting that it was the first time I'd seen any of these guys make a tackle. The first time any of the running backs had been tackled was the first preseason game. So that was the shocking part to me, how, how well organized they were, how well they clicked, given that a lot of the things that I'm used to seeing in the preseason, they didn't do. That, to me, stood out more than anything else. How impressed were you that Nick Sirianni, whatever his offense is, and we still don't know the full arsenal of his offense, but he streamlined that offense to cater to Jalen Hurts, to Kaler, to Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, so on and so forth. How impressed were you with the way he streamlined that offense? I was really impressed. And, D, you know, we've, we've heard coaches talk that language. You know, I'm going to put players in position, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to cater this to make sure that it fits their skill set. Well, that's just what Nick Sariani did. This offense to me and what they were able to do on Sunday really fit the skills of his player. I thought, you know, I don't know if you could make a better game plan for Jalen Hurts. Getting the ball out quickly, the RPL stuff, which he runs really well, by the way, and he makes really good decisions in those situations. Um, I just... I'm really impressed with Nick Sirianni and what he and that coaching staff was able to do uh, on all fronts. You know, you brought up Jalen Hurts. And, and think about when we were 24, 25 years old, trying to handle some of the pressure. Now, you were in the NFL then, and that's pressure enough. But yep. this is a young man who had to listen all summer at all training camp to rumors about a quarterback trade, people having reservations about him being a starting quarterback in the National Football League. Did the Eagles make a mistake getting rid of Carson Wentz and turning the reins over to him? And then he's got to play in a high-profile, very opinionated market like Philadelphia, a very passionate, very knowledgeable market like Philadelphia. The way that young man stepped out on that field and completed 75% of his passes, had a QB rating of 1264 that young man has poised well beyond his years. Would you agree? Yeah, and really, that's the one thing that, that stood out. Well, there are several things that stood out. But one of the things that impressed me the most was his poise, his calm demeanor um, under all the circumstances. And, you know, you see these quarterbacks. This is one of the things that I hate most about quarterbacks, especially quarterbacks. When they make a play and they got to jump up and point first down or they got to make a big show, because they made a play. I mean, I don't, wide receivers, you know, they're divas, so they're going to do it. They're going to have the antics. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> but when you see a quarterback and he does that, that to me just takes away from the quarterback. The kid is so calm. He's so like, it's what you want to see from your quarterback. He is a field general. He's what you want to see. Now I say that, but at the same time, I'm thinking this is a small sample. We got to see a whole lot more, but from the little bit that I've seen, and even going back to the four games last year, I'm really impressed 
with this young man, Jalen Hurts, and I think his future is very bright. You are around the NovaCare complex a lot, and as you just said, you were just about at every practice throughout training camp. And, you know, in the time that I've known you, I see you out there in the middle of the field. You talk to players, you talk to coaches, yes. you talk to players away from everybody else in the media. In the time that you've had a chance to just talk to Jalen one-on-one, what impresses you the most, not about him as a football player, but just about as a young man trying to find his way in life? I think he's um, he's wise beyond his years. You know, he's much older. He's an old soul. He's much older than his years. Um, he's a mature 22, whatever he is, he's a mature whatever that number is. Um, that really impresses me. I think he's like... I think he's too serious. I try to like tease him or, yeah. or or make funny jokes and try and loosen him up. And so I can sometimes a little bit, but the guy is about his business. The guy, D gun, the young man is about his business. And, and I admire that about him. Do you think he has that proverbial chip on his shoulder because so many people have doubted him? I mean, he went to Alabama, lost his starting job there, finished out his collegiate career at Oklahoma, comes yeah. into the NFL, and people doubt him before they even really have to see a good sample of what he does. you think he has that chip on his shoulder? I think he's just driven. I think okay. the, fact, the fact that his father was a coach, that he just grew up in the whole football circle where there's teaching around him all the time. And I think a lot of that, uh, he has in him wouldn't surprise me if he ends up coaching when he's done playing, but I think mm. he's a driven young man, driven to succeed, driven to be successful and really good at uh, what he wants to do. He really puts in the time. I had a conversation D with Marty Morningwig. So now Marty Morningwig last year, that was his project. His project and and all that he did primarily was spend time with Jalen Hurts last year, trying to get Jalen Hurts ready for the NFL. Marty could not say enough great things about him. He told me how Jalen would have him over at the complex at 10 o'clock at night, still going over things because Jalen wanted to get it. He is about his business. Mm. And I love having the conversation with, with, co with coaches like Marty who've touched him, who spent a lot of time with him because they give you a lot of great insight into mm -hmm. who the young man really is. All right, let's 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 go to your expertise, which is the wide receivers. Yes. Um, and, and, and here they have something finally we've not seen in quite some time, speed, talent, and speed at the wide receiver position. And let's start with this young man, Devonta Smith. Now, we knew coming out of the draft he wasn't the fastest receiver, but we also knew that he was probably one of the best route runners and when you look at him and size him up in terms of size, his ability to shake free, are you in awe of what he's able to do? And again, it's only a one-game sample because as you get more film on players, obviously coverages are going to change to try to defend him. But sure. as we sit here now, are you surprised at his, his ability to handle what he's done? Nope, not at all. Okay. And, and I say that because, you know, I watched a lot of his play at, when he was at Alabama. And at Alabama – you're playing at against the best of the best. When you're playing in the in the SEC, the Southeastern Conference, you don't get any better football players than that at the collegiate level. Now, making the step forward to the NFL, a lot of guys can't transition that way, but his skill set is a different skill set. And 
He is as smooth as anyone I've ever seen come out of college. His ability to run routes, his ability to avoid press coverage at the line of scrimmage. He catches the ball in traffic. And what I realized about the young man, when he started playing football, his first position, D-Gun, mm -hmm. he was a fullback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, he's 170 pounds soaking wet, but he cut his teeth in football as a fullback. And they were throwing toss left, toss right, and he was the lead blocker. So when you're in those circumstances, you have to learn to be tough. And so I know that he is tough. Yes, he's 170 pounds. And I had many people ask questions. Well, do you worry about that or not? I don't worry about this kid because he's one of those dogs that has a lot of fight. A lot of fight. And, and um, yes, he's small, uh, but he's smart enough that he, he doesn't give you a clear shot to get a big hit on him. Mm. Do you think his presence alone made Jalen Rager elevate his game, focus more, get better, uh, because all of a sudden he was the man last year as a first-round pick, and all of a sudden here comes this even higher-profile first-round pick this year? Yeah, now you got a Heisman Trophy-winning first-round pick at your same position. Yeah, that would light a fire under me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guarantee you that will light a fire under me. And I, I certainly believe that that is the case with, with Jalen Rager. Um, but that whole group, you know, you got Quez Watkins in the group. Um, John Hightower is still on the practice squad, and he is as skilled as any of them. You got J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. So I think it's a really good group of wide receivers, and I think they can go far with this group. Uh, Whiteside is kind of like the enforcer. He actually started the football game, but he started the game because he's such a good blocker. At 6'2", 220 pounds, you know, he's the big guy. So he's the guy that's going to mix it up and, you know, take care of the little guys. He's the, he's the enforcer. But, you know, you touched on something earlier. The speed of this core of wide receivers, Yeah, I've never seen that in Philadelphia. Mm. I've never seen that many guys who could run, run sub 4'4" in the 40-yard dash, and it matters when you have a lot of speed. Because of the wealth of talent they have at that position, do you think we'll ever see the full arsenal of what Quez Watkins can do, or will he be one of those situational guys depending on who the matchup is against? No, no, no. Quez is going to eat. He's going to get his. Quez Watkins is – you don't go away from him. When teams start to feel like they need to put a lot of attention on Devontae Smith – Quez Watkins will eat. You can't cover him one-on-one -on -one either. How pleasant was it to see the offensive line intact? I mean, last year they had, what, 13, 14 different combinations, and all of a sudden the offensive line came out intact, and, man, did they keep Jalen Hurst clean. Yeah, well, D, the, the, so when I go back to the Super Bowl run, that's what I think about. I think about the O-line, and I think about the fact that they were fortunate enough to have the same five starters almost every game that season. That matters a whole lot. That, to me, you know, you've got skilled players who can do a lot of things, but that, to me, was the difference in the game, the fact that the O-line dominated the line of scrimmage. You know, Jordan Malata, you know, what, what an incredible rags-to-riches story 
he is. You know, three years ago, he didn't even know how to put on a football helmet. Now he Correct. parlayed that into a big contract and like $40 million in guarantees. Yeah. I'm watching this man out there. Mike, he's going to kill somebody, man. I saw him bowl somebody over. I thought they were going to bring the ambulance out for this guy, man. <laughs> this guy is out there wrecking people. Yeah. I know the play. He just flattened this kid on one play. But um, I here, here's the thing. You're right. A few years ago, he didn't even know how to button his helmet or put a helmet on. Uh, but I have to give Howie Roseman and the Eagles a lot of credit for drafting that guy. A lot of people thought that he would be around and they could pick him up uh, as a free agent. But no, they felt like they needed to make sure that he was on their roster. They put a lot of time into him. And now that time is really paying off. He could end up being the best left tackle in football. Deacon, I just made a heavy, heavy statement right there. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Deacon, he could end up being the best left tackle in football. I hope he doesn't get carried away with his early success, but with his size, with his skill, you know, at 6'8", 300 and about 70 pounds or more, and the way that he moves, it's unbelievable. And mm. now he's starting to realize that, hey, I'm stronger than just about everybody. I'm bigger than just about everybody. And now he's trying to, he's starting to push that weight around because he understands a little bit better about who he is. I don't think Jeff Stoutland gets enough credit for being one of the upper echelon um, offensive line coaches in the National Football League. I mean, he's recognized as a very good coach. But when you look at some of the people he's worked with year in and year out, especially last year, and then you talk about what he's done in three years with the Jordan Mailata. I think I think Stoutland in some ways is underrated in terms of being like the offensive lineman whisperer, so to speak. Yeah, I, I think he's the best or, or certainly one of the best in the business. Um, and, you know, when he has guys that, like I said, that are healthy, his blocking scheme, you know, the whole run game, it's based on his blocking scheme. He's the run game coordinator for this team. And what he's doing – from week to week, year to year, I just think it's hard to find any anybody who's better at it. Mm. When you look at this defense, it started out sluggish. Atlanta was gouging them yep. uh, up and down the field in a run game. I believe the Falcons ran 29 offensive plays in their first two series, but the Eagles held them to field goals <clears throat> instead of sevens. Um, I thought Jonathan Gannon did a great, uh, incredible job of making the necessary adjustments when he had to in terms of getting his guys to play better gap control, linebackers coming up and filling the gaps, and to help shut down Atlanta's running attack. And once it made Atlanta one-dimensional, Falcons' offense couldn't do anything with that Eagles' defense. Yeah, once the Eagles got a lead and they felt like they needed to throw the ball, that was a mistake. They really, uh, they were moving the ball on the ground, and I thought they should have just stuck to it, even if they were down two scores. That was, to me, the best way that they could play the game. But once they started to want to throw the ball more, it just played right into the Eagles' hands. And I think that there was a filling out process early in the game. Yeah, they got some good runs. And it was mainly they would run that zone play and then they would cut it all the way back against the grain. You know, they would run it wide to one side, but they're getting all the way back to the A gap and getting like positive yards in the run game. And they the, the defense, they started to settle down. They started to plug the gaps. They started to set the edges, and and then it's like, okay, 
we understand where you were getting us now. What you're going to do? And the Falcons, they couldn't do anything. Would you consider uh, Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave one of the, the best one-two D-tackle tandems in the game? I mean, we finally saw Hargrave play a game like he did similar to when I watched him play with the Steelers. Yeah, I love those two, but don't sleep on Hassan Ridgeway. Good don't, point. Don't sleep on Ridgeway. You know, he was injured a lot of last season and uh, never really got right, never really got healthy. But now he's healthy. I think Hargrave may have had the best training camp of all of them, but those three guys in the rotation, man, that's going to be a lot of fun. And then you add in the rookie that they signed. Um, Milton like, Williams? Yeah, Milton Williams. I, I like yeah. the defensive front. I, I like him a lot. I, I know this is, I know this is the big contract year for Derek Barnett, but yeah. I think Josh Sweat is going to put him on the back burner because Sweat, it, man, from, from preseason, training camp, this young yeah. man has really elevated his game. Yeah, he's something special. Um, yeah, coming off the edge, I don't know if the Eagles right now have a better guy coming off the edge than Josh Sweat. In fact, I think he's the best they have coming off the edge. Setting Ooh. the edge, coming off the edge, like running plays down from behind. Yeah, I think Josh Sweat is, is you know, BG is going to be BG. He's going to I was going to say, better than old man Brandon Graham? He's going to make some plays. He's going to be BG. But, and then here's another thing, D. If you take the sample of the first game, they made sure that none of these guys got worn down. None of them played 60% of the snaps. No, everybody was shy of 60% of, of the snaps. And that's a really good thing. And that's mm. part, especially when you think about a 17-game season, that's really smart planning and and just uh, not allowing guys to wear down. Well, they did what they had to do. Uh, they came out and beat an Atlanta Falcons team that is trying to find its way and obviously devoid of a lot of talent in a lot of areas. Now they step up in competition because they're going to face a more established San Francisco team, a bunch of guys that have been together for a few years, a bunch of guys, first-round picks on that defense, yep. a team that was decimated by injuries uh, last year, just like the Eagles. Uh, what do you expect from this game coming up? I mean, 49ers like to play bully ball on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and Kyle Shanahan's a really good play caller, and they like to play action pass, so that's what they're going to do. You know, they found themselves a running back in this kid out of Louisiana College. Like, where the heck's Louisiana College? So, <laughs> so, so Raheem Mostert goes down, and they insert Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell, what does he do? He rushes for 104 yards on his first NFL game as a six-round draft pick rookie. Um, so they're going to run the ball. That's what they do. And off of that, they're going to play action, and they've got great targets in the play-action game. The top tight end or one of the top tight ends in football in Kittle, uh, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. They, they got it, but will that offensive line be able to block the Eagles' defensive front? That's what it all comes down to, D. It comes right. down to. Can, can, can Darius Slay stay with Debo Samuel? Because that boy is electric. <laughs> well, I don't think he'll have to. <laughs> I think they do this. You know, I think we're going to see more. Defense on the back end, especially by committee, playing zone, making sure that nothing goes over your head, but more zone coverage 
certainly more than we saw in the last few years with Jim Schwartz running the defense. We're going to see a lot more two deep zone quarters coverage. And, and the, the key is don't let anything get over your head. Yeah. They may have a 14, 15 play drive, which is what the Falcons did on their first two possessions, but they get into the red zone and they force them to, to kick field goals. That's really, wow. that's a good formula. Well, I can't wait to see this matchup. It should be a good one. And, of course, if the Eagles beat the 49ers, people are going to lose their minds two games into the season. Now, I promised you I wouldn't keep you long because I know you're at one of 100,000 functions you attend every year. As I jokingly told you before we latched on, I think in all the people that I know and all the friends that I have in this industry, you have more W-2s than anybody I've ever met in my uh, life. What do you have, like 85, 90 W-2s you get every year? D, I like to work. This is, you know, they call this work that I do. Well, if it is work, I like to work. Well, can you throw some of that work my way, please? I'm working on it. No, you're not. You lying. You, you like work. those checks too much. That's work. I do like cashing checks. <laughs> Hey, Mike Quick, I can't thank you enough. And everybody out there, please continue to listen to Mike Quick and Meryl Reese on the radio broadcast throughout the course of this region. Thank you for your time, my friend. Take care. Anytime for you, man. It's always a pleasure. Take care. Thank you, brother. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of Gun on One, the podcast powered by Patterson Square Garden. Hey, thank you guys for listening in. Hope you continue to listen in each and every week throughout the course of the Eagle season, of course, throughout the course of the year as well. So until next time, all of you out there, stay blessed, but more importantly, continue to be a blessing to each and every person you encounter every day. Until next time, so long, everybody. Gun on One is a production of D-Gun Enterprises in Patterson Square Garden. Elvin Shabazian and Wes Pendleton are the executive producers on behalf of Patterson Square Garden. Lead producer is Derek Gunn. Associate producer is John McNeil. Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Elvin Shabazi. Original music by Weatherman. For more information about the podcast, visit gunonone.com. And please, don't forget to subscribe and give us a positive rating if you're feeling the show. Thank you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.